All Things Conceivable, a surrogacy podcast with Nazca Fontes. It's the season of gratitude, and one of our favorite parts of this season is National Giving Tuesday. We are so grateful for everyone who has helped make our Milk Bank Challenge this year so impactful. Inspired women have already donated over 320,000 ounces of breast milk, helping families feed their young children during our national formula shortage. Our mission is to not only build families, but also to help build families with strong foundations. We decided to launch the Milk Bank Challenge, where we gift women who donate milk to their local milk banks a $250 one-time gift card to help with pumping expenses. And for those who cannot donate milk, if they made a financial donation to a non-for-profit milk bank, we match a one-time donation up to $250. And today, I'm so grateful to have as my guest, Lindsay Groff, the Executive Director of the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. It's an organization that makes a huge difference in people's lives every day. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We have done so much awareness since the summer in response to this formula shortage and the number of donations. I mean, 320,000 ounces of breast milk donated to local milk banks around the country. And I know that you have played a really pivotal role in also increasing the awareness around this issue. So why don't you help our listeners understand a little bit more about what you do and your journey to where you are today? We are so grateful for all of the awareness that you have been bringing to nonprofit donor milk banking. We have definitely seen an increase in interest in milk banking in general, and certainly an increase in demand for donor milk. So Lindsay, your journey began by becoming a breast milk donor yourself. What originally made you become a milk donor? I always love telling my personal story because it really is a full circle moment for me. So my career has been in running various nonprofits, and that was the role that I had when I became pregnant and became a mother. And my journey was a difficult one. My pregnancy uh, revealed that I was carrying a, a baby that had a rare birth defect and that she would require several surgeries immediately at birth. Uh, flash forward, by the way, I like to cut to the chase. She's 12 now, very healthy, thriving, and that NICU time that was really super dark days for our family, those are behind us now. But during that time, when she was having these surgeries and I was a NICU mom spending 14 weeks total uh, in the hospital with her, I learned about becoming a milk donor from one of the nurses because my daughter was unable to breastfeed, but I was still pumping at the bedside to be ready for her when she was able to. So I stored a bunch of milk and I was taking up uh, precious real estate, if you will, in those hospital freezers. And a nurse came to me and told me about uh, donating my milk, which I had never heard of before. And so that really made me feel like that was the one thing that I had control over in those times where everything else just felt completely out of control. And pumping my milk for my own daughter and knowing that that milk was going to make its way to other babies in the NICU gave me such hope and light in a really dark time. And so if we move 
you know, many years later, my daughter is now, you know, growing older and and is thriving. That same nurse came to me and said, you're never going to believe this, but there's an organization that's looking for an executive director, and I think you'd be perfect for it. So those conversations started and interviews were had. And here I am now five years in at the helm of the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. And we refer to that as Himbana so that I don't have to say that long organization name. So I'm the ED, the executive director at Himbana now, five years in, and just a lovely full circle moment for me to serve. That's an incredible full circle story indeed. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the mission of Himbana? Yeah, so Himbana is a nonprofit organization and we accredit milk banks and they are also nonprofits. We have 31 member milk banks across the country. And for people that are not familiar with milk banking, I like to tell them that it's very similar to something we all know about, which is when we can donate our blood. And so if a person finds themselves in the position of having extra milk that they do not need for their own child, or in this case, if it is a surrogate that finds themselves with milk that they do not need for the baby, they can then take that excess milk and donate it to a member milk bank, who then carefully, after screening the donor, screens the milk, and there's a whole process that's involved to ensure safety, but ultimately that donated milk ends up to babies who need it most. Primarily donor milk ends up to babies like mine, the babies that are in the NICU. And when I say NICU, I mean the neonatal intensive care unit uh, or inpatient babies who are in the hospital. And sometimes that milk also ends up for outpatient or babies who are no longer in the hospital. But generally speaking, our member milk banks serve uh, babies who are medically fragile share with us really what the impact of human milk provides. Parents' own milk is the gold standard, or another way of saying that is breast milk is the best choice, especially for medically fragile infants and in the absence of breast milk from the biological parent, donor milk is the next best option. Breast milk and donor milk are shown to reduce those uh, medical complications when babies are born prematurely. Simply stated, breast milk and donor milk are much more easily absorbed in the infant's gut, especially babies who are born early. So let's talk a little bit about the shortage that occurred and the spotlight that was shown upon milk banks. And so for those of our listeners who don't know, what was the infant formula shortage that occurred earlier this year? Yes. So I don't think any of us expected to see this nationwide infant formula shortage. I certainly didn't. And we all were watching the news and seeing these shelves in stores, the stores we all know, you know, CVS, Target, Walmart, grocery stores, anywhere you can think of picking up formula for your baby. These shelves were bare or close to bare, and families were facing this terrifying reality that, you know, they may not be able to find formula at all. And certainly many, if not most people, were finding that the brands that they had come to rely on and count on, maybe those weren't available. So they were scrambling to find a substitution, and it really 
I don't, I don't want to sound dramatic here, but it was very chaotic. It was scary. We yes. listened to families on the on the lines calling us. They were very panicked, terrified, and wondering how they were going to feed their babies. So, how were the milk banks affected by this surge in demand for their product? Our milk banks definitely faced a major increase in interest about donor milk. Demand went through the roof. Phones were ringing off the hook. People were wanting to know, I can't find formula. What can I do? Is donor milk an option? It's important to note that, as I stated before, our mission is to serve the most medically fragile. Once we were able to ensure that the needs of the medically fragile were met, we were then able to turn to the communities in need and help those who were searching for something to feed their babies when formula was not available. Many of our member milk banks were able to provide donor milk in an emergency situation until those families could find the formula that they needed. And much of it was given at no cost to them, given the dire situation of making sure that we wanted to get these babies fed. We know the dire need that occurred over this, this summer, but is the shortage completely over? There are definitely lasting effects of the shortage. And no, I would not say it's over. Um, the emergency, uh, you know, chaotic empty shelves certainly seem to have been mitigated, but I would say we are still trying to level the playing field, or I should say those that are, you know, making sure that formula is available, they're still working hard to stabilize. And we can only imagine, right, the the impact that this shortage had on families. I mean, can you for a minute imagine, you know, one week being able to go to the store and, and you know, buy the formula that your infant uh, regularly uses and feeding your infant and the ne very next week not being able to do that. What I can tell you is from a mom's perspective, we always are worrying about our babies and our children. So when something like this happens that is beyond anyone's control, it feels very scary. And that doesn't end when, you know, the shelves are stocked in the next week or, or month. That stays with us. And I really did try to put myself in the shoes of those moms, dads, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents who were all feeling that immense pressure to figure out a situation that was dire in the moment. That doesn't just go away overnight. No, it certainly doesn't. And as you mentioned, there's certainly still some spot shortages that continue to occur. We're not quite back up to where we were uh, pre-formula shortage. So for any of the families who might be listening to this or still struggling during these spot shortages, how can these families locate and find a reputable milk bank? Sure. So finding a milk bank should be relatively easy. People can do a quick Google search, but an easy way to do it would be to go to our website, which is himbana.org. So that stands for the Human Milk Banking Association of North America.org. And right from the homepage, you would be able to find the milk bank that's closest to you. And something I want to point out is if you, so there's 31 member milk banks. And let's just say you live in an area where there's a, a state that doesn't have a milk bank dot right in your exact state. So no worry if it's not in your exact state. You can contact the closest milk banks 
to you. You can, you know, start with one and, and move to the next if you need to. But there, we serve all 50 states, all, all over the U.S. and all of Canada. That's for donating milk and for receiving milk. If they're still struggling with that, can you advise our families like some of the things that you should never do if you're looking for safe ways to feed your baby? Sure. So first things first, when you are thinking about what to feed your baby, your say your child's pediatrician is the first place to go or another trusted medical professional that knows you and knows your baby. Always, always. Um, we also know that breastfeeding is, of course, the gold standard. When you're thinking about um, a healthy term baby and breast milk is not available, formula has been around and that uh, generally when, when we're not talking about a shortage is a viable option. When we're talking about donor milk, this is a conversation you should have with the pediatrician. Donor milk is available through a prescription. Exceptions can be made for up to 40 ounces. And so when I spoke about the infant formula shortage and the way banks were able to provide donor milk in the community, much of that was in an emergency situation uh, in smaller amounts to get the families maybe through the night or through the day until they could locate uh, the formula that that the baby was used to receiving. Let's talk a little bit about the women who donate milk. Obviously, these are lactating women. They have, uh, in the not too distant future, have given birth and they have either fed their own babies or they weaned their babies but still produced milk and then they, they pivoted and turned to pumping and, and donating. As an organization, Conceivabilities as an organization, there was such a proud moment when it dawned on us the role we could play in this shortage, this nationwide shortage, and how we had just a community of women who were already givers who were already lactating. And so when we introduced the concept of the milk bag bank challenge and we started to reach out and partner with milk banks around the country. Sometimes it's just a simple conversation because people are unaware. And once they find out about it, they're excited to take part and they're excited to help. I really liked what you said about how surrogates are already in the, you know, already givers. And so what a precious time where your body is able to produce milk. It, it is a, a short window where you are able to lactate and provide milk. And what a gift it would be to give that milk to a nonprofit donor milk bank. And you can rest assured that that milk is making its way to babies who are fighting for their lives in, in the NICU, in the neonatal intensive care unit. And by their bedsides are those worried parents, you know, wondering if maybe their baby will survive and hopefully thrive. So donating milk makes a huge difference. Did you have any awareness of surrogates donating to milk banks prior to this at all? I'm just, I'm I'm wondering about that because gosh, they make such great donors. I've always been curious about um, the different ways in which people become parents. I have my own unique journey, and so I'm aware of the different ways that families come to be. And I did know that you know there were surrogates who chose to give, and what a beautiful gift that is. As I mentioned, you know, to be able to take something and know that you are helping save the lives of babies who you'll you'll never meet. But I can t- tell you giving milk is saving lives hands down 
What a wonderful thing to do. And we're so grateful that your organization has this challenge. And to the people listening who are considering donating their milk, um, whether they're a surrogate or maybe they love someone who's a surrogate or otherwise lactating, any awareness that we can bring to donor milk is going to help our cause. So for women who are listening who are lactating and they're curious and want to step forward and help, how can women donate their milk? So you can simply contact your closest milk bank and they will walk you through the process, which is relatively simple. In a nutshell, a donor would inquire and there's a quick phone screening to ask some basic health uh, questions. For instance, we'd want to know about lifestyle choices, um, smoking, alcohol use, drug use, and certain medications. That's followed up by a written questionnaire. And there's a blood test involved to ensure that nothing can be given, you know, transmitted from the donor and through the milk. Things like HIV, for instance. There's a number of things that we screen for through blood. There's also clearance from both doctors, the OB for, on the person who gave birth, and from the baby um, to ensure that uh, everything is okay there. Once those things are clear, then donations can occur. And there's a number of ways in which donations can be given to the milk bank. If you happen to live very close by, you could drop it off yourself. It could be picked up. There's courier services. There's also overnight shipping, which is very sophisticated. And we've all come to know how easy overnight shipping can be. That's the case when I became a donor. The closest milk bank to me in the Philadelphia area back then was in Columbus, Ohio. So I packaged up my milk in a box, very uh, specifically instructed and it made its way to the milk bank in Columbus, Ohio. So anyone um, who passes all of the screenings can donate regardless of where they're located. And again, that's the same for those who are looking to receive milk as well. What I love most about our milk bank challenge, Lindsay, is, you know, we really try to inspire women to share their story about pumping and donating during the milk bank challenge. And they would send in photos and they would send in little stories about what they did with their $250 gift card. And for a lot of women, you know, it never occurred to them once they were done, particularly if they had been a surrogate, right? If they had been a surrogate and pumped for, you know, a short window of time for their intended parents, the idea in their mind was that they would sunset their pumping and and uh, move on with their lives. And with this challenge, they became inspired to keep pumping. And so we had such great stories and um, great photos. And what we also realized, too, for many of these women is that the gift card actually was used to go by updated equipment or new equipment, you know, whether it was a pump or some sterilizers. I just wanted to raise the awareness for any listener out there too, who is contemplating like this milk bank challenge is going to continue. And we are going to absolutely uh, continue to fund and support the women who are interested in donating if they need some, some new supplies. So some great personal stories going along with this effort. What is really enlightening, I think, for many donors is to learn about how um, how their donations feel, like how many meals actually can be mm. created through their donation. If you just want to share um, what one ounce of breast milk can do, I think our listeners would be really interested to hear that. 
Yes, I love this question because a lot of times we think about the number of ounces from our own perspective. Healthy term babies take a good amount of milk, a good number of ounces, of course, a little at first when they're first born and then they're taking on lots of milk. But those little babies, those preemies or micro preemies, those babies that are born at 24, 25, 30 weeks, and they're the little babies that you can almost hold in the palm of your hand. When, when we give donor milk, a baby that was born prematurely in the hospital can, can take one ounce a day. And so think about as a donor, if you're donating 100 ounces or 500 ounces, like so many of those who've stepped up to this challenge have done, you are feeding so many babies for so many days because they take so little. Their little tiny bodies only generally need up to one ounce of donor milk per day. So what an amazing gift you're giving. If you think about it in terms of how tiny these babies are and how tiny their feeds are. So what a great gift. Thank you. I just love that statistic because it just makes, you know, it, it helps um, increase the feeling of how yeah. much they're contributing, right? Just such a feel good. They've, it's not just one bottle and one feeding. It's right. multiple babies, multiple feedings, multiple days. So a little goes a long, long way. That is right. I love that. So one final thing um, for anybody who is interested, who may not be able to give the gift of breast milk, if they are interested in donating, um, there are some financial donations that would prove helpful to your organization or other milk banks. Always. And people can donate their funds as well. You can donate money, which is always helpful. We are a 501c3 registered nonprofit. We are a charitable organization. And your gifts can help ensure that we continue to raise awareness and continue to safely provide donor milk to babies who need it most. So absolutely. Please, yes, donate. You can do that on Giving Tuesday. You can do that any day of the week. And that's simply by going to Himbana.org. We always appreciate donations. Nothing is too small. So listeners, let's make a big difference this year uh, for our Giving Tuesday donation efforts. And we invite everybody out there to join our Milk Bank Challenge. Check out our link in the description or head to conceivabilities.com to learn more or Himbana to learn more about how you too can give this Giving Tuesday and help our most precious resources, our young children. So Lindsay Groff, thank you so much for your time today and helping shed light on the good work that milk banks do around the country to help feed our most fragile infants during their most precious years of growth. Thank you so much for raising awareness, raising funds, and bringing us new donors. We appreciate it. For anybody not aware about that point, about how much one ounce of breast milk, the impact that one ounce of breast milk has on a fragile infant fighting for its life in the NICU, hopefully that is an inspirational call to action for all women out there, surrogates and non-surrogates alike who might be producing breast milk when they think about the change in, in a little one's life that they can make by stepping up to the milk bank challenge and donating 
Um, maybe it's donating for a week, maybe it's donating for a month, but truly think about the enormous impact that your milk donation has on the lives of these most fragile infants in the NICU. So please join Conceivability's mission in helping grow healthy families. This is a, a great way to join me in Giving Tuesday and helping make a profound impact in the lives of others. At Conceivabilities, we believe that everyone who wants to become a parent can. Our agency has helped build thousands of families for over 25 years. Whether you are an intended parent ready to fulfill your family destiny, a surrogate answering your calling, or an egg donor wanting to expand what's possible in your life, we are your people. See how matching matters. Learn more by joining our Surrogacy Learning Center community at surrogacylearningcenter.conceivabilities.com.